Welcome to the Radical Departures podcast, your source for startup storytelling. We're your hosts, Abby and Chris. You'll hear informative discussions full of valuable expertise and actionable insight on the issues you face when launching and growing your startup. This is episode 25 of the Radical Departures podcast. Our guest today is Mathieu Laverne, entrepreneur in residence at L'Atelier BNP Paribas. Mathieu works on the two Boost Startup Accelerator programs run by L'Atelier, and in this episode, he shares with us their innovative way of pairing corporates with startups, how they focus on generating mutual value right from the start, and some of the factors that set these excellent programs apart, including that they take no equity and they're free for startups. The application period for one of BNP's programs, YBoost, opens today, March 20th, so head to our website after the episode if you're interested in learning more about the application criteria. So without further ado, here's episode 25 with Mathieu Laverne. I'm uh, Mathieu Laverne from uh, L'Atelier BNP Paribas. I, uh, I work at, as an entrepreneur in residence there. L'Atelier BNP Paribas is a, a branch of the bank called BNP Paribas, as you know it. We've been in operation for 40 years now, with operation in Shanghai, in Paris, and in San Francisco. We have three main areas of expertise. The first one, and the historical one, is a technological watch. And we publish um, papers on technology and how it applies to business in particular. The other area of expertise is the consulting, and especially in terms of uh, digital transformation and service design. It's basic, you know, consulting for innovation and for the bank, mainly. And the third part, where I'm from, is the boost programs. And uh, so we operate acceleration program for startups and corporates. We can help them working together. We have uh, two programs in, in Paris and one program in Switzerland. The process for the whole program, is uh, for the three programs, is always the same. We start with the corporate needs for innovation. So we ask our corporate clients what are their needs in terms of innovation and transformation over the last, the next 6 to 12 months. And we try to find startups and innovative companies on the market that can meet these challenges in terms of innovation. So for the corporate, then we go and try to source a number of these startups. Uh, we screen them and we present the corporate with a short list of five to eight companies that meet the innovation uh, criteria we define together. These innovative companies, they will pitch their company to the corporate. We will help the corporate then to select one of these companies for working with them for the next uh, six months, you know, this where the program begins. Once the startup has been selected, then we will facilitate the, uh, you know, the, the working relationship between the corporate and the startup and uh, will act as a facilitator for the relationship of these two parties. The other thing we'll do is uh, we'll act as coach for the startups that are selected into the program because we believe that uh, a stronger startup will make the business relationship with the corporate better. We are not a communication program. The, the motto of the programs are no hype, just business because we really focus on creating a maximum value over the six months of the program. We don't want to be seen as a communication tool for corporates. To attract the, the startups that we are working with, we have a unique positioning on the market. You have lots of incubator, accelerator on the market. But uh, as a bank, we have a special uh, positioning and the program is entirely free for the startups. No cash, no equity. And uh, the offer is the, is the following. You have the main feature is the fact that you can 
work with a, a market leader in your industry, a big corporate. So they're generally hard to reach. So we bridged this gap. Then we provide the team of uh, former entrepreneurs, former CEO or CTOs that will act as coach for the startup. So it's really entrepreneur talking to entrepreneur, which is of great value for this uh, startup uh, persons. And these people are dedicated. It's not a mentor that, uh, you know, will give two or three hours per month to a startup. It's really 100% people, that, uh, dedicated people to the program. We offer free offices space in Paris, uh, in downtown Paris, uh, near Grand Boulevard. We offer fundings. It's not mandatory, but it could be. So we offer up to 100K in, in financing for the startups. And uh, last but not least, we also have, as banker, a, a big network of corporate clients. So, you know, if it goes well within the program, then we can open doors to other corporate customers for the startup to accelerate. Well, actually, prior to joining L'Atelier, I have been the, the founder and the CEO of two tech companies. I've had the chance to work with... Uh, uh, hundreds of uh, SMEs uh, customers uh, across Europe. I raised more than 1.5 million in fundings and uh, also hire more than 40 uh, amazing uh, employees. So I have, you know, total was uh, seven years as an entrepreneur. And at the end of these seven years, I wanted to do something different uh, because uh, it was great, but uh, I wanted to change. But at the same time, I still wanted to be in front or to deal with innovation at large and be in touch with great people with uh, innovative uh, projects. I found this opportunity at L'Atelier where I really think that the programs and the fact that they are really business-driven was something that was very unique on the market. I decided to join them at the time. Who exactly is your target audience that will come in here? Is there a specific profile that you're looking for or that you prefer working with? So the first thing is we're looking for companies that will match the corporate needs in terms of innovation and transformation. That's the main key within our selection. That being said, uh, we also have some pre-requirements for the startup to apply for the program. And the major ones are that we're looking for teams of entrepreneurs that are already constituted that you know they and they are dedicated to their companies so we are not looking for part-time entrepreneurs. We like when they they already have a product on the market. Because if you have six months to drive business from a working relationship with a corporate, you don't want to be you know, making your products for four months or six months. You know, it makes no sense. And uh, the last point is uh, we like when, we, when the startups already have one or two customers that have kind of validated the, the business case and you know, the value of the product on the market. Because it's, it's easier then to help them grow their business, again, in this philosophy that where we really want to accelerate the, the business of the startups. One issue that I was wondering about is it's a great strength that you guys will coach the startups to work with these large corporates. How much work is that? Do you find a lot of the startups that you're engaged with now, they're, they're pretty much ready to go in that? Do they need a lot of help? Is that an area, a big area for the startups? Actually, it really depends on the maturity of the startups. And uh, so we have various cases where, uh, and the, the entrepreneur, they, are, they need help, but on different points where you have people that are looking for hirings, others, they, they are looking for fundings or uh, others are looking for sales, you know, development. So we really personalize the coaching on the, these various points that the entrepreneur are, are needed uh, and where they ask us for help. And on the corporate side, corporate side, it's the same thing. The job that we do to facilitate the working relationship is really dependent on the maturity of the corporate as they um, did they work before with startups. It's a big uh, factor of, uh, of speed. Are they structured? 
in a way that uh, they can pull the, their data very easily? Uh, do they have a de dedicated team for uh, innovation as well? So all these variables make it more or less, you know, uh, challenging for us uh, in terms of input of, of uh, you know, workload to bring value to the relationship. And do you find from the perspective of the startups, are there certain areas that you tend to see these are bigger issues, these are bigger problems, or is it kind of go across the board? You know, what is it that you guys are involved the most in? Mm. The major point is the fundraising. Usually the, the startups we have, again, there are, for the criteria I mentioned sooner, we have exception, of course. We have later yeah. stages companies, we have very seed companies. It really depends, but most of our startups are have raised a seed, you know, or like love money, and they are heading toward the Series A. Big work that we do is we help them structure their investment deck and how they can you know, get attractive for investors. So we work a lot with the entrepreneur to structure their deck and the way they present their company to make it compelling for investors. So I would say it's like 50% of our work with entrepreneurs. And the other points are hiring. We help entrepreneurs screen candidates. You know, we help them broadcast their offers, their job offer. The other part is the sales and marketing. So what are the channels that uh, would be accurate for growing their business as them work on their sales process, you know, to qualify prospects, to bring rhythm to sales uh, interviews and the, the process of selling. And we also have a big part on product and technical aspects. We also have uh, CTOs in residence. So I'm a, a business profile, I would say, but we also have a technical uh, profile, as I mentioned, former CTOs, for example. And so they, they'll go, you know, into the codes and into the product very deeply to help uh, this entrepreneur build stronger products, more scalable products, and so on. And so the fundraising, do you guys have any general idea of what kind of success they have for the fundraising following working with the program? Well, I guess it's the, the general guideline that you can find uh, everywhere. You know, it makes the day compelling in terms of market, in terms yeah. of value proposition, in terms of team. It's not rocket science. Right. You know, everyone knows um, some kind of recipes or, you know, the, yeah. not, not a recipe because there is no recipe, but the, the best practices. What brings value is not that because, uh, you know, it's available out there. It's the fact that we will convert these guidelines into concrete uh, slides and concrete, uh, you know, words into the mouth of the, of the entrepreneur. I've heard that uh, before from an entrepreneur of the, the program is that compared to other acceleration program or other mentorship uh, program, what's good is that you actually draw the slide with us. They said something like that. It's, you take, you know, our special case and, you know, our special uh, challenges in terms of how do you size the market, how do you present the value proposition, and you actually do the slide with us and put the words onto the slide. So. It seems like it's really an art. It's an art form. It's, there's certainly a science, but there's an art to, it's part of it is you're listening, you have to know your market, you have to listen a lot. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very empirical. I don't know if, it, if you can call it an art, but uh, you really have to try a lot, you know, to present a lot, to test and test and test your, what you say in your discourse a lot of time to make it better. So it's, it's really empirical, uh, in fact. What are typical obstacles that you guys have seen with uh, the engagement between the startups and the corporates? One thing is you have to have a sponsorship within the corporate. So if you want the, you know, the relationship to go somewhere, you have to have somebody that has a high level of uh, hierarchy to make sure that uh, it's going to be a priority within the teams, the operational teams. So this is one part. The other part is uh, about data, for example. If you, lots of companies are, are looking for data to build, you know, great products for AI, for example. You have lots of AI companies, but 
AI, the underlying of AI is the data. So if you don't have data, you don't do nothing. There is a real challenge for corporates to pull the data from their system uh, to make sure they can share it with third parties and you've got, you know, these um, confidential uh, issues. And you have to make sure you want to align these things uh, in a short period of time and it's, sometimes it's, it could be hard. And the alignment of interest as well is the, the big challenge we have and it's always going to be the challenge between startups and corporates. They have very different objectives and they are trying to work together to align these objectives. So it takes time and this is where we work hard to make sure that uh, they are going in the, into the same direction. Now, I'm curious, the fact that the startups are, you have these criteria that you want them to have once and also you have corporates that are looking for solution. How long does it typically take or, you know, even a rough estimate between when these startups engage with a corporate and when some kind of a deal will happen? Do you have a, a ballpark idea on that? It's really dependent you yeah. know, on the industry. Uh, some are more regulated than others. Yeah. It depends on, on the size of the corporate as well. It depends on the complexity of the product uh, that, that is uh, trying to achieve. But what we try to do is uh, what we promise our startup uh, when they enter the program is you've got six months either to, make, to have a deal with the corporate that you are going to work together or just to say, no, we're not going to work together. Let's do something else. So you don't have to lose time for, you know, trying to sell something to a corporate for one year, two years, yeah. because it happens. They send emails over and over. Yeah. They try to reach people they cannot reach, but it could last forever. But if we cannot align the interest, as I said, during this six-month program, then you can say, okay, stop losing time on this account. Then let's do something else. For example, so on the White Boost program that uh, uh, we have uh, just uh, closed uh, a few weeks ago, we had a, a company called Meep Robotics. Uh, so basically, they do a collaborative robo, robot for industries. So it's, on the market, you have uh, very advanced robots uh, to automatize certain tasks, but they've developed a, a robot that is simple enough to take on simple tasks, which is actually uh, was a gap on the market of collaborative robots. Uh, they have teamed up with uh, Radial. Radial is uh, the, a leading French manufacturer of interconnected components that actually works uh, globally. And they have teamed up together uh, to use the robots and define use case where they can use the robot. At the end of the six months, uh, they actually have um, bought several robots. And uh, Radial took also a minority stake in Mip Robotics oh, in, cool. in their last fundraising. So, you know, within six months, they could sell products to the corporate and they could also, also get funding from the corporate. So. Another one we have, because uh, I didn't say that, but uh, we work for corporates that are, that are customer to the bank. But the program was so effective that we even duplicated it for the bank itself. So we have a program, it's called FinTech Boost. And we do the same thing, but we work with the business lines at BNP Paribas. In that program, for example, we have worked with Forcia. It's um, a startup that tried to automate uh, compliance processes in the selection and the, in the selection of asset managers. So for some part of the bank, it's, it's really interesting. And within the, the six-month program, at the end of the program, BNP Paribas was a client, a distributor of the solution of the startup, and we even uh, invested in the startup. So, you know, that's usually what we, we try to achieve uh, in a short period of time. How many uh, startups are in each class? So every batch, we work by batches, right? We have typically between 300 and 400 uh, applications per batch. And out of these three to 400 applications, we keep 10 of them. So the average batch is, is 10 startups, 10 startups, 10 corporates. When does your next class uh, start? Well, actually, it, it's going to start very soon. It's, it's the FinTech Boost program that is starting uh, now. It's, it's imminent. 
So it's for the business end at BNP Paribas. And we'll, we are going to disclose the, the startups that are in the program very soon. So. For your next application for the three yes. to 400, when, do they, when will your next round be for that? The next call for application will start soon, March 20. So yeah, I encourage every entrepreneur to visit the Boost uh, program uh, website and um, they can leave their email. They, they'll be you know, notified when the call for application is opened. We'll also probably reach to them because we have a, a very large database of, uh, of, an, of startups that we've identified over the last uh, four years. But uh, of course, uh, you know, if we have more great entrepreneurs, it's better for us because the quality of the program itself will uh, we rise. It opens on March 20th. It closes. The process for the next batch will start in March. We'll be launching the call for application for six weeks. So we will provide the entrepreneur with, uh, you know, the corporates that have been uh, selected for the season and, you know, what are they, the, the challenges they face in terms of innovation, as I mentioned uh, sooner. To apply entrepreneur, they have to submit an application. We made an application very simple because uh, as an entrepreneur myself, I noticed that it's very painful to uh, submit over and over, you know, applications where you have to put your, I don't know, your deck, uh, your value proposition, your your balance sheet, etc., etc., and it's Always, it's always a different format. So then we, you have a very simple form you can fill up. It takes 10 to 15 minutes. And when this uh, call for application is closed, six months after, then we will organize uh, juries. So it will start uh, 10 days or so, half a day per corporate. And you have five to 10 companies that going to pitch to the corporate during the jury. At the end of the jury, there is one company that is selected per corporate. So, um, you know, around 10 startups. And we will, uh, to start the program in uh, probably in September this year, just after the summer. And when the program starts, it lasts six months. And during these six months, that's where we try to, to do a lot of business with the corporate and, and do the coaching uh, side as well. Moving forward, we had talked before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about the uh, infamous issue of Brexit, which is certainly disrupting the financial world. There's a lot on that. And, and, and it certainly seems as though Paris has a great position. Paris is in a pretty good position with the banks here for attracting a lot of fintech talent. How do you see your own program uh, or both of these programs evolving moving forward? Because you probably will have even more talent than before. The fintech um, landscape has changed a lot over the last uh, years where you, you started with a position where fintechs were trying to disrupt the bank. Uh, was a lot of a confrontation between the traditional banks and you know, the new fintechs that, that were cool. But now it, it, it has evolved a lot. It's more a model where fintechs needs the banks and the bank uh, wants to innovate as well. So we see that they, they, they are willing to collaborate a lot on this subject. On fintech specifically, now which is hard is... Uh, and for us, I think it's a great way to, to bring value again within the program is you can actually, the bank can get in touch with a fintech. They, you know, will, they will have a common objective or business uh, product they want to, to build together. They do a pilot, let's say, and they will demonstrate they can derive value from what they saw. When you try to go in, into production with uh, the complexity of the, you know, the data, the, the legal, the compliance that, that is on the banking industry today, it's hard to industrialize any uh, collaboration between, uh, you know, fintech and a bank. So I guess this is where we are going now is uh, how do we integrate better fintechs within the banking industry and how do we make, you know, a bigger uh, collaboration between fintech and the bank? And I guess the, you know, the next step would be that in Europe in general, I don't see the, the, this uh, thing where corporate uh, tends to buy out uh, big startups. 
it's it's more the case in the US, for example, where you where you see these big exits where you know big companies, uh, Adobe and so on, they buy startups for big amounts of money. I guess the next step for the European market overall is making sure that you have more buyouts from corporates, uh, which is actually something that is not really usual uh, on the market. We as we've seen, and yeah. um, I guess it's it's the next step in terms of uh, you know evolution of the market. So we like to finish by asking everybody, how do you define success? We use a, a metric for the success of the program. And at the end of the six months program, is it going to be a continuation of the relationship between the corporate and the startups? And we are very proud because uh, 65% of the relationship we create within the program are going to be continued after the program, which is actually very high if you compare it to the failure rate of, uh, of any innovation project in general. So we are really proud of this metric and this is how we define the, the success of the program. That wraps up another episode of the Radical Departures podcast. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our feed on iTunes. And join us next time on Radical Departures. Radical Departures.